All right, you got your Bibles? You ready to make the devil nervous? The B-I-B-L-E, that is the book for me. Yeah, here we go. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What it says I can have. What it says I can have. I can do. I can do. What it says I can do. What it says I can do. And I am. And I am. What it says I am. What it says I am. Y'all believe that this morning? I do. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. It is power. And Lord, we want to get more of your word in us and the power of God working in our lives. So, Father, we just value this word. Your love is written for us to consume and digest into our soul. So, Father, we thank you. The Holy Spirit is the teacher, the guide, leads us into the truth that liberates, sets free, and blesses us in Jesus' name. Someone say it. Amen. There was a praise report that uh, was worth sharing. So last su- last Sunday, we did, uh, the Gideons were here, and uh, how many remember that, given to the Gideons? We raised, like, don't have it in just front of shy of $2,000 yeah. for Gideons, and, and so that just puts Bibles Woo-hoo! into people's hands and goes to prisons and all kinds of places, schools, so You know what else I, go. I got to share that, that I was told? I don't know, because this year's not done, but last year, our church, IBC, was the highest offering for the Gideons in this area, in the Pierce County. That's awesome. Way to go, church. Way to go. Yes, get, that's, a, that's a worth praise. Come on. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Way to go, church. Very I very love good. that. All right. You got your Bibles. You got ready. Might want to take notes. We're going to Zachariah. Everybody's like, where's Zechariah? Find Zechariah. Come on, in the Old if, Testament. If you go to Matthew and go back two books, you'll jump into this prophet called Zechariah. And we're going to talk, and Zechariah talks about a guy named Zerubbabel. So, yeah. Yeah. Big <laughs> names here. tongue twisters. Big tongue twisters. And the, the title of our message is Bless It. Okay? So, here we go. I would just say it. Come on, say it with us. Bless, Bless it. it. Bless it. Bless it. So okay. we're going to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Got it up on the screen. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. <laughs> it's just a tongue twister. You know, that ought to be in the tongue twister, you know, book. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. So this is a really powerful portion of scripture here and just historically, you know, the 
the Jewish people, King David and Solomon and all the other kings, and uh, they kind of got into where they just didn't honor God as a nation, as a people. And so they went into captivity, Babylonian captivity, and so the captivity was coming to an end, and so some of them, remember uh, in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah goes back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. Well, Zerubbabel, he's going back to rebuild the temple, a place to worship and get right with God. And so this is kind of along that storyline in, in the history of Israel. And so he's there to rebuild the temple, but it is a challenge for him. And so God gives him some direction there. And you notice, Starlene said, the people shouted, God bless it. And it was talking right there about even if there's a mountain, God would turn it into a level plain. You know, this isn't in our notes, but as I was studying, like some translations will say when he put the last capstone in, but then other translations say before. I, I personally think that God honors faith. So I think they were shouting, bless it, before that last capstone was actually put in place. And then we looked up the word bless. Now, some translations say grace, some say bless. But here's the cool thing. If you look it up in the Hebrew, which is, uh, I'll spell it for you, K-H-A-N-E, sounds like hin. Tried to get my Bless right. you. Bless you. That's the Hebrew, hin. I even studied how to pronounce it, so I think I got it right. Do you need a tissue? Yeah. But anyway, here's the good news about the original Hebrew word there in bless. It means grace, favor, goodwill, and beauty. So all translations are correct. Some may say grace because that is a correct translation. Some may say favor because that is a correct translation. Some may say goodwill. Some may say bless. So there, that's what it all, that one Hebrew word means all of that in our English language. So the people shouted, God bless it. God have favor on it. God have grace on it. And I love that they even shouted it twice. May God have grace and favor and goodwill and, and beauty and blessings on it. And that, like you said, that was before the project was completed. Yeah. Let's go over to the New Testament and using that word grace, there's a powerful story that the Apostle Paul's going through, going through some difficult times in his life. So go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll begin at verse 8. And this is uh, the Apostle Paul, and he was having some challenges. And so he was crying out to God for help. But it's interesting how the Lord answers him in his prayer. He says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. You ever gotten to that place where you're like, God? He said, three different times I begged him, take this away. And each time he said, my grace. Now, we're in the New Testament here, but you look up that word grace there is in the Greek is charis. Which means, here we go again, favor, grace, blessing, to benefit, 
See, it, it might be in Greek now instead of Hebrew, but the word still means the same thing. So he says, my grace, all of that, the blessing is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. thought it was interesting that Christina was led by God to talk about how we need to give God our troubles, our hardships, our weaknesses, and exchange it for the power of God. And then she also led us in a confession about that, which is exactly what the Apostle Paul is doing right here. He is saying, wait a minute, God's grace is really all you need. God's blessing, God's favor. What, what was the word that God gave Inspiration Bible Church in January? Do you all remember? For 2024, the word was favor. Here we see it. This, this Hebrew and Greek word from these two passages, they mean favor, blessing, grace. But what is attached to all that? God said the people are to say it. Our words matter. Well, technically they're not just supposed to say it. They're supposed to shout it. Shout it. Okay. <laughs> Woo! So here in the New Testament, Paul is dealing with a thorn he calls in the flesh and something that's just difficult. Okay, let's, let's help people out. We're not talking about a physical thorn, okay? He's not talking about the pointy things on a rose bush, okay? We're talking about something in his life that was agitating, that was like as unto a thorn, it you know, was not pleasant. A thorn in the flesh might be, no, you're not a thorn. But you could be, but you're not. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes when you're, you know, trying to get a job, that's your thorn. That's your mountain that you're, you're facing. You got stuff going on in your family life, in your marriage, and you're trying to overcome, but it's just agitating you. Um, trying to get a house. Trying to, you know... It's hard to get that house and get the income for that. There's different things we go through in life that these obstacles and situations, the economy changes and whatever, and that's your thorn, that's the mountain that we're facing. And so the Apostle Paul was just trying to preach the gospel, and people kept following him to disrupt his ministry. And that was the thing. He's like, Lord, remove this from me. And God said, my grace, my blessing on your life is what you need. Right. And so he just went, okay, in my weakness, you are made strong. I, in other words, he said, I'm going to cast that care over onto you, Lord, and let you, let your power go to work. So what Paul did, he took his thorn to the throne. And that's what you and I need to do. We need to, it's another way of just saying we're casting our care onto you. But Paul said, I'm just going to take this thorn to the throne of God and let God do a work. So good. There's three words I want you to say with me. And the three words are grace, favor, blessing. Here we go. Grace, grace favor, favor, 
blessing. Can you say it again? Grace, favor, blessing. Those are things that we are to shout over our lives, over our church, over our jobs, over our future homes we need. Grace, favor, blessing. When you drive by the church during the week, Weak grace, favor, blessing. When you go to your job, you put your hand on your computer. Grace, favor, blessing. When your kids are fast asleep and they're itty bitties, you put put your hand over their door. Grace, favor, blessing. Your grandkids, grace, favor, blessing. Are you following me? Those are things that we are to speak or shout out of our mouth. So good. And, you know, there's no testimony unless there's first a test but nobody likes the tests we like the testimony lord can i just have a testimony without a test unfortunately it doesn't we work like the that praise way. reports right we got to go through something but usually the praise report is because we've gone through a test but faith is made strong through the obstacles through the challenges that we go through and so that's not the fun part but you know what god does god turns our mess into our message and the things that we're going through. I love what you shared in offering because you're sharing how God has been faithful and seen you through. It's, it's, it's kind of your thing, you're carrying, but God has been faithful. How many got stories like that where you were going through some valleys of life, but God just carried you, showed you, helped you through those things. That's, that's your testimony of going through a test, a testing time in your life, that thorn, that agitated thing that mountain that was in your way. Hebrews 4.16, it says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. If you this morning are like, man, I need, I need the blessing favor, I need the grace, I need it the most right now, well, then you're not here by accident. Did you hear me? You are hearing these words for a reason. You are listening right now online for a reason. It is time for you to kick in something with this. Grace, favor, blessing. Because God is listening to your words. God is waiting for your words. I love this. This is one of my favorite scriptures, Hebrews 4.16. It says, let us come boldly. You know, and sometimes, you know, when we're going through stuff, we don't feel like we're worthy or good enough. We don't feel bold. How many when you're in the midst of a big trial, you don't feel really bold sometimes? You know, God. I mean, that's, that's true, right? Our flesh feels like we timidly come in like, oh, God. Like, why would he say to come boldly? That's like the opposite of how we feel. But he wants to help us. You know, we got to do a mind shift that God is for us. He's not against us. God wants to help us. And if we realize that we can just come boldly into his presence, what does it say? The throne of grace, gracious, our gracious God. Gracious is blessing, favor, help. And that's what he says. You'll find grace and help us when we need it most. I love that about our God. And so we need to go into his presence all the time. Let's talk about Zerubbabel again. 
uh, I know, it's just kind of fun to say, right? So anyway, let's go back to Zechariah for if you can. Hopefully you, s- you put a little bookmarker there. Zerubbabel, let's talk about he had now come back to Jerusalem after captivity. He was coming back for a good reason. He was coming back to rebuild the walls and the temple. So he's coming back for an excellent cause. So sometimes in our life we say, but I'm doing this for a good cause. So, therefore, everything should fall in place. God should just make, make it smooth. Everything should be no troubles. There should be no storms. There should be nothing because I'm doing this for the cause of God. Am I the only one that's ever said that? You're all looking at me like, eh? No, come on. We reason this out. I, I'm not the only one that's reasoned this out in my brain, right? I'm doing this for the cause of Christ. So then I, in my brain, I think there will be no storm, there'll be no trouble because I'm doing this for the cause. I mean, that's, if I was in his shoes, that's what I would think. I'm doing this for the cause of Christ. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, the walls need to be rebuilt. I'm doing the right thing, right? Yeah, and so he went back to his homeland and he's basically rebuilding his church and this thorn in his flesh, this mountain he's got to face, is, meets him. And it's his challenge, and it's his frustration. And so this is a situation, I love how God responds to him, and I want you to pay close attention to how God responds to him, because maybe God will respond to you in the same way. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 7, says, uh, Nothing, not even a mighty mountain... Everyone say mountain. Mountain. Will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. What? It will become a level plain. So here we have an example in the Old Testament of something that Jesus quoted in the New Testament when he was here. Because Jesus told us to speak to the mountain and it has to go if you're speaking in faith. Am I right? Go to Mark. The book of Mark, chapter 11. So here Jesus says it, but if you go back to the Old Testament, it's still there in the Old Testament. God is saying to Zerubbabel, it's okay. I know you got a mountain, but I have the ability to level that mountain as to a plain, as to a plain. So good. Back up to, can we back up to verse 6? I love verse 6. It is not by force. (laughs) Some translations say power. Well, and then it goes on to say, nor by strength. By might. But by my spirit. You got a mountain in front of you. You got something in front of you that that you know needs to move. Maybe it's it's, uh, like Pastor Greg said, it's a marriage. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's you need a house. Maybe it's you need a job. Maybe you need that promotion. I don't know what mountain is in front of you, but I do know that God has the ability to help you know through the word of God that you have the ability to stir up your faith and to speak to the mountain and that it has to level the plane. Those are, that's a big, tall order. That's a big order. But God is saying to us through the Old Testament and the New Testament, this is possible, people. 
you can speak to the mountain. But the emphasis is you do need to speak. Now, many times in our brain, we go to, and I love that it said it's not by, it's not by your own strength. It's not by your own force. Because I don't know about you, but I'm a fixer. I ca- actually, I call it a problem solver. Any, how many other problem solvers are out there? I, I just sometimes feel like that's what I do. That's what I do for a living. I solve problems. And so it is easy if you have a tendency to be a problem solver to do it in your own strength, to do it by your own force. But the Bible says it's by his spirit. Now, if you have that personality that is a problem solvable, personality type, it might be you're a strong personality, you're a caloric, that one is hard for you, and it's hard for me, because I have to go, you know what, it's, I'm not going to be able to be the one to do this by my spirit, by the Holy Spirit. It is through his power that this is accomplished. You know, what our tendency is to do is talk about the mountain. Man, look at the size of that mountain. That's a big one. Look how tall it is. How are we ever going to get over that? Can we get around it? I mean, it's in the way. I mean, wow, people that do that mountain, they got gear that I don't got to scale that mountain. You know, I can't even see what's beyond that mountain because the mountain's in my way. What, do you th- what is your observation about the mountain? Let's talk about how big this mountain is. I mean... Wow, it's a big mountain. You know, the more we talk about it, I just feel like it's, it's growing as we talk about this mountain. You know, that's kind of what we do. Our marriage. Man, how are we going to get through this in our marriage? Look how big of a problem our marriage is. This marriage. I don't know if we can get around this. I don't know if we can get over it. I don't know if we can get through it. What are we going to do? What other options are there? Let's avoid this mountain. How many know that never works? You know, when you're talking about, you know, removing the mountains, you weren't talking about removing your spouse. No, I was not (laughs) meaning that. (laughs) But the Bible doesn't necessarily tell us to talk about how big the mountains are. We're supposed to talk about how big our God is in comparison to the mountains. We see things. We feel things. And so our human nature is to talk about those things. But that's why the Spirit of God in us, we got to renew our mind to how God does things. When Jesus was in the boat, when the storm came up out of nowhere, what did he do? He spoke to it. And so this isn't something out of the ordinary in the Bible. This is our example. Jesus showed us how to do it. Speak to the waves. Speak to the wind. Speak to those things that are coming against us. You know, on a practical sense, uh, sometimes you get together with with friends or you get together with your family members. And, you know, sometimes you have to discuss the mountain because the Bible says that iron sharpens iron and it says that you should seek out wisdom. So, you know, sometimes you're going to have to address the facts in your life. Okay. And there's it's good to get godly counsel. So. For instance, we've had in the last couple days, we've had the privilege of having Greg's brother and, and uh, sister-in-law in our home from Texas. And so we've discussed a few things of what might be considered a mountain. 
And but here's here's the key is if you start to realize that the mountain is growing and that all you're talking about is facts and the facts are getting like blown up and pretty soon you haven't gotten to the truth. Are you following me? And so in one of our conversations, in fact, it was early this morning because we were with them early this morning. We were talking about some facts and I realized we were talking the mountain up a little bit too big. And I had to get us back to the truth. Let's expound on the truth. And we had to change focus. So here's where, where you, this is where we live, is there are facts that have to be discussed in our homes. There are mountains that have to be talked about in our homes. But do you focus on the mountain or do you focus on the truth? Okay, we know this is what's in front of us, but let's not spend all of our energy. Because here's what happens. If you spend all your energy talking about the mountain, pretty soon you walk away depressed. Are, are, are you there? Pretty soon you're just like, oh, the mountain's too big. Oh, that mountain's gotten so big. It's just so big. So if you discuss what's in front of you and you get the facts out, then you got to switch over in your family discussions, in your friend discussions, whatever is in front of you, and you got to get to some truth. But the truth is, God wants to bless it. God wants to put his favor on it. God wants to put his grace on it. That's the truth. And the Bible says that we got to use our mouth. And you use your mouth to begin to speak favor over the situation, grace over the situation, blessing over the situation. Why? Because you got two ears that need to hear it. You got two ears that need to hear the blessing, the favor, the grace, because then you walk away from a conversation built up and like, we got this, we got this, we got this, we can do this, rather than, man, life sucks. Are you, that's where, what I'm talking, that's, that's our everyday life. I know that we are not the only ones who face some mountains. The majority in this room would say, yeah, I got something in front of me. Majority watching right now and listening say, yeah, I got something in front of me. You know why? Because God says you go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. You will never stop facing a mountain. I, I'm sorry to tell you that, but you're going you're gonna to see this mountain get removed, but you're going to have another mountain in five years from now. Maybe, <laughs> maybe next month. I mean, that is where we live. And why? Because God says he loves faith. He says without faith, it's impossible to even please him. Why? So why do you have so many tests? Why do you have challenges? Because he loves it when you stir up your faith. He loves it when you use your mouth and go, uh-uh-uh, I got grace on that. I got favor on that. I got blessing on that. I have blessed that, and I'm going to be okay. Are you following me? He wants us to live a blessed life, but we got to use our mouth. You know, that uh, truth works in marriages. Yes, it does. If we talk about how horrible our spouse is. Oh, absolutely. 
they become a major it, thorn in our flesh. Well, and it's not, it's, it's here. It's yeah. here. If all you think about is all the pet peeves you have about your spouse, if all you think about is, man, I wish God would change my spouse, that's what's going to come out of you. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you begin to think about how wonderful they are, every single spouse has things that can rub you the wrong way. There is no perfect spouse. I know you think we have the perfect marriage, and we like to think we do too. But we don't. We are just humans, just like everybody else, who has to learn to speak life and blessing over our marriage and over each other. That's right. You know, it's very important with kids, too. Mm -hmm. You know, when kids are irritating you, it's easy to talk about, oh, I'm going to strangle you know, and say things that we would regret that last leave a permanent impression on their minds and their psyche. So it's important that we follow God's prescription. And you know when it's the most important? When you're feeling frustrated and you want to, you know, kick him in the seat of the pants, that's when it's the most important to say, favor, blessing, grace on you. Sometimes even shout it. Now, can you explain a little bit why was, what was going on in Zerubbabel's life? What was, there was some, there were some issues he was facing about with the administration had changed. So the first king that he got permission and the authority papers to go rebuild the temple uh, had another election and that administration moved on and so now he's got another one so from one administration to another administration there was this pause and, and that pause was like 10 years right and so he got frustrated and grown have you ever been weary trying to do the right thing just just tired 10 years that Ten he'd years. been dealing with this mountain that's a and, long time you know didn't have the right paperwork and people were accusing him of the wrong things and who does he think he is and so have to go back to you know take a journey go back to you know the capital if you will and get the correct paperwork and go back and start this work and it just wasn't going well and the person that he had gotten all of it situated with now there's a new person that he's got to go back and review everything and talk to these people about retell the story retell the story Re try you know, to lay the foundation again because he was dealing with new admin so at the point of his just being depressed frustrated wondering if it's worth it to keep going is the resistance too much for me to handle? Zerubbabel's in that place, and he's, he's just like, wow, God, and what I'm it, tired. What, it, what was the, the message that that messenger said? So right in the middle of his frustration, God speaks to him through this messenger in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 9. We read it a little bit earlier. Zerubbabel is... The one who laid the foundation of the temple. And he will complete, complete it. it. Everybody say complete it. Complete Some it. Some of your translations will say finish it. Come on, finish it. I like complete that word, finish it. it. Everyone say finish it. Finish it. Turn to somebody and just tell them finish it. Finish it. Right on. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. So God is 
wanting us to have enough faith that whatever the thorn is, the mountain, to just look at that and go, I'm going to finish you. Finish it. Finish it with God's grace, God's favor, and God's blessing on my life. Come on, somebody. You know, it's some of you have heard me tell this story, uh, but God called me into ministry when I was 16 years of age, and I was so excited about what God was going to do. And uh, so I'm trucking along and kind of got a little wayward. And But one thing that happened to me a few years after God had called me into ministry, I was in an English class in high school, and I had to give uh, a report. I mean, remember those fun days in high school. Give a report in front of my classmates. And I was kind of a class clown and kind of, you know, people can't picture that. I know, it's hard to believe. Hard to believe. And so a little prankster. You were the life of the party. You know, true. So, so when crazy things happen in school, they, you know, I, the principal and I were on first name basis. <laughs> and so, um, but anyway, I had to get up in front of my class to give this report. And so I'm giving this report and I'm missing the punctuation and I'm not breathing right and I'm hyperventilating, about ready to pass out. And it just did a horrible job. And so I barely got through the paper. I sat down and the entire class is not laughing because I'm funny. They're laughing because of how pathetic I was. And yeah, yeah, oh, thank you. I really feel that. I, where were you when I was in high school? But um, so I was just mortified in front of my friends, like public humiliation. And so I got down, put my head on the desk in high school, and I made an inner vow. Have you ever made an inner, a little promise to yourself? And so my promise was this. I will never stand in front of people and speak ever again. <laughs> now you're laughing. So I had this little inner vow that I made to myself. Call of God happened earlier. Had this mortifying experience. God's moving me into a place of ministry, and I'm resisting it. Okay, but there's another funny one to that story. The funny part is you needed to take speech class, and you figured out how to take speech class remotely. He never got in front of anybody for speech. He just talked to a little camera microphone and he passed speech by that way so he really had that inner vow and that inner vow was a war inside of you with the call of God so there was a a moment where a come to Jesus moment you know where I got to make a decision about this call of God on my life I mean I'm in my early 20s and uh married and so here's this opportunity to move forward you know, start in the ministry. And I was like, God, no, 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 no. So we got on our couch, grabbed Starlene, and I said, Lord, I can't do this without you. I can't get in front of people. Only by your grace on my life will I do this. Your grace and your favor and your blessing. So I'm here today on a continual deposit on my life <laughs> to speak in front of y'all. And, uh, yeah, and so Because you had to speak it. Because I had to hey speak man, it. Amen, that's a good place to say hallelujah. 
<laughs> and I know that might seem a little bit trivial compared to some of the things y'all are facing, but the principle is the same. We got to get to the place where those inner vows and those frustrations and those things, we just give it over to God and we go, God, I will keep going. I will finish it by your grace, which brings us to Philippians chapter one, verse six, another amazing scripture. Yes, it says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I am certain that God will continue the good work in you. I'm certain of it. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your health. Don't give up on your business. Don't give up on a better job. Don't give up on the promotion. Don't give up on your wayward kids. Don't give up. Come on. Speak over it. The favor, the blessing, the grace of God on it. To finish it. Yes. To finish it. Yes. He didn't just have kids to watch them destroy themselves. He didn't. God has put some power within you. The, the book of wisdom, Proverbs, says life and death is in the power of your foot. <laughs> no. no. It's, in the, it's in your tongue. It's in your mouth. It's what you no. say. So this is powerful stuff. You know, we got to stay there for a minute because some are saying, but you don't understand. My kids have been away from God for years. But here's the deal. You, you just need to speak over it and release it to God. You need to bless them. You need to pray favor over them. You need to pray grace over them. You're not supposed to carry the weight anymore of where they are with God. Because we want to, by our strength, our power, fix it. You know, we're parents. We think we're supposed to fix them. It's not your responsibility to fix them, but it is your responsibility to speak blessing over them and the favor over them and the grace over them. That is your responsibility. And don't give up. Keep so, speaking it. So Zerubbabel, you know, all the, all the product was delivered to the job site where the temple's being rebuilt. And so the word was take the last piece of the temple, the very last piece, the piece that when you set it in place will be the moment of dedication of the temple being opened and finished. But Zerubbabel's standing in a pile of rubble, unfinished, incomplete stuff, not feeling inspired, wondering why he's doing what he's doing. But the word says, take up that capstone the last piece, and speak to it. Not, not just speak to it, but shout to it. You know, God is a God of faith. So sometimes he wants you to speak the finished thing before the thing even starts. So he picks up the capstone of the temple, and he's got to shout to it. And you know, I'm, I'm, if I can just put myself in Zerubbabel's place, he must have felt foolish that this is crazy. I'm speaking to a rock. <laughs> Which reminds me of Moses. He was told to speak to a rock. Another story for another day. So he picks up this stone, the capstone of the temple. Bless it. 
And the messenger goes, I didn't say talk to it. Bless it! I didn't say once. (laughs) Bless it! Bless it! And it probably felt funny and like, what's the point? But you know, the people started getting more favorable. The work started coming together. The project started being moving pieces and people. And the red tape started jumping all those barriers. And boom, 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 the temple was completed. And you know what? Sometimes the thing seems ridiculous. Shout, bless it? Are you kidding me? What's that going to do? Well, in the natural, probably nothing. But spiritually, God's spirit came on that because God is a spirit and he works through what you say. If you take up that piece, that finished product, and say, curse it, curse it. Well, what are you going to have? But when you say blessing, favor, and grace on this, what is your this? What is your this? It's not up to you to win the battle. That's up to God. But it is up to you to speak to the battle. What is unfinished in your life? What needs to be finished? You know, David, when he reminded me of another sermon, David, when he was facing Goliath, what did David do? David was just a little punk kid, and Goliath is mammoth of a man. And so David spoke, today I'm going to cut your head off. But what did Goliath do? Goliath spoke back. Oh, no, you're not. I'm going to, who do you think you are? punk little kid. So David spoke back again. How dare you defy the army of God? You're going to die today. What did Goliath do? Goliath spoke back. You are an insult to who I am because you're so small. Can flick you. What did David say? This is your last day you will ever live. God is with me. And Goliath never talked again. (laughs) You know, we got to speak to our mountains. We got to speak to those giants. We got to speak to that thorn in our flesh. Bless it! Bless it! What is it in your life? Is it that job? Is it that? co-worker, that promotion, that frustrated, that thing that's going on in your life that you keep talking about, and it just keeps getting worse. Hmm. Maybe we should quit talking about it. And just in your time with God, just speak blessing, favor, grace over it. Watch things change as you release it to God. Amen. Would you stand? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Come on, just begin to put your hands up in the air. Let's begin to thank him. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the word that shows us how to face our mountains. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have chosen us to be able to speak to some mountains. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have chosen for us as your people to be able to have the ability to speak your favor, your grace, your blessing over the situations that we continually will face while we are here on earth. But Father, I thank you for your precious people that you are stirring up within them the ability and the know-how to be able to speak to that mountain. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. If you're watching online or in this place, God loves you. God wants a relationship with you. And just as we spoke about speaking to the mountain, speaking to that challenge, that test in our life. We get saved the same way. The Bible says we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth, Jesus is the Lord of my life, and we are saved. It's that simple. It's that simple. He didn't make it hard where you got to do all these things and you got to do, jump through some hoops and fill out applications and He didn't do it. He just said, believe and confess. And if you're in this place or watching online and Jesus has not made his home in your heart, today is your day to believe and confess, and he'll lead you. Maybe you've gotten, maybe you've been wayward. Maybe you've been that prodigal son or daughter. Come home. Just come home. We're going to pray this prayer and just ask you to join one thing I'm going to ask you to do in this place is just raise your hand. Those of you watching online, just respond to God. Put your hand on the screen or something that you're, you have contact with God. God, come into my life. So on the count of three, if you're in this place, raise your hand. One, today, God wants a relationship with you. Two, he already paid the price for you to walk boldly into his throne and receive him. Three, raise your hand in this place. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Church, would you pray this with them and also you online that are listening or watching and you're like, I need to get right with God. Today's your day. Don't wait any longer. Would you repeat this prayer with me? Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. For your blood. For your blood. That forgives me. That forgives me. Where I've fallen short. Where I've fallen short. Of your best. Of your best. And I ask today. And I ask today. That you would be. That you would be. Not only Savior. Not only Savior. But Lord. But Lord. Leader. Leader. Completely in charge. Completely in charge. I surrender it all. I surrender it all. To you. To you. And I thank you. And I thank you. The old me. The old me. Is passed away. Is passed away. The new me. The new me. Has come to life. Has come to life. Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence in this room. And I believe this morning that you are challenging believers in this room. And by hearing my voice, you are challenging believers to begin to bless it, put God's grace on it, and put God's favor on it. Believers, finish it. Finish it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.